Good to have everybody in the house with us. Glad to have everybody watching online as well. And I am honored to be at Broad River Church. I have, uh, yeah, I got connected with Pastor Kevin. I'm going to get this in my pocket in a minute. All right, there we go. I got connected with Pastor Kevin, you know, a couple years ago. And the, the truth is, though, he, he, he grew up kind of around my wife. But I actually went to, went to college with uh, Jacinta and uh, way back many, many, many years ago. And I uh, kind of lost track of her, but then I knew she got married, and I knew that they were up here, but I didn't have any idea who, who Pastor Kevin was, and then we went on a fishing trip together, and uh, he introduced himself as Jacinta's husband, and I'm like, gotcha, gotcha, and, and so yeah, we, uh, we wound up hanging, I'm sorry you didn't catch any fish on that trip, I didn't remember that, but... Um, maybe you need, you need to go again. You need to go again. But uh, it, it, it has been an honor kind of connecting with Pastor Kevin and uh, getting to know him and getting to know Broad River. And uh, you have, you have a, a pastor and a pastor's wife who has incredible, incredible vision and dreams for this, for this region. And uh, I believe that you guys are just getting started, that the sky is the limit, and God's about to do some crazy, crazy things. Could you just celebrate that? Come on, let's celebrate what God's going to do. Uh, love, love, love this region. I, I really, really enjoyed kind of getting to see uh, Norwalk some yesterday, and I'm looking forward to seeing more of it today. And uh, just excited about everything that God has planned for this future, for this church. It has a bright, bright future. And you need to know something that you are, you are part of that future. You are part of it. Like God needs you specifically. Every individual in this room from 70 uh, down to 7 years old, God needs you. If you have a pulse, you have a purpose. We say that all the time. And God's not finished with you. Your best days aren't behind you. God is always about the future. And God still has plans for you. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit, a little bit um, this morning. As a matter of fact, I want to ask you this question as we get going today. If you were to look at your life... Look at your life, um, look deep, don't just look on the surface, but look deep into um, your life. Could, could you say with confidence, if you were completely honest, could you say with confidence that there's no area that you have ever settled in, never, ever settled? Could you say with confidence that, that you, have, you have pursued your purpose and pursued your life calling, pursued the goals in your life with everything that you have and you have never settled? I want you to ask yourself that question because you need to know from the beginning that God did not bring you on this journey of life to settle, but God brought you on this journey of life to thrive. He didn't bring you on this journey of life to just survive, but he wants you to thrive. And Broad River is all about helping you thrive, helping you discover and kind of unearth the gifts and the, and the treasure that God has placed in your life and the purpose that God has given you. I want to read a scripture from Proverbs chapter 20, verse number 5. And it simply says this, Solomon says, The purposes of a person's heart are deep waters. The purposes of a person's heart are, are deep waters. Sometimes we can't find all of our purpose just in the shallow on, on the surface. And a lot of times people miss the purpose that God has for their life or they certainly don't discover all of the purpose that God has for the, their life because they're living their life spiritually just on the surface. Everything is surface with them. Everything is surface. And you can't pull out all of the purpose that God has for your life without going deep. 
I, I, I'm not a big fisherman, even though I grew up in, in, in the deep south in Mississippi, and you might just assume that we're all hunters and fishers down. And I, I do like to hunt. I do like to do some of those things, but I'm not a big fisherman. I'm just not. I was more of a, a city boy, and um, I, I enjoy it, though, and I did catch more fish than Pastor Kevin when we were in Montana. But, but I'm not a big fisherman, but when we did fish some when I was growing up. We would fish with, with the, just a cane pole and a little bobber that would sit on top of the water. It was surface fishing. But I've also done fishing before where, 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 the, where, where the guide said just drop, the, drop the, the bait over the side of the boat and he put this heavy, heavy weight on it and we were fishing in like 45 feet deep water and he said just, just drop it and let it go. All the way down to the bottom. Completely different type of fishing, but it's, it's deep, deep water fishing, at least deep water lake fishing. And, and I want to I proclaim to you today, in order, if you're going to dig out all of the purposes that God has for your life, you're going to have to move past the surface. You're going to have to dig a little bit. You're going to have to go, go deeper than you have, you have gone before. I've discovered this in my life. Paul, uh, I'm sorry, Solomon continues here, and he says, but one who has insight draws them out. One who has insight. Would you say insight? Insight. Insight is nothing more than me seeing in me. I'm seeing in me, seeing what God has put in me. Because if you're taking notes, you can write this down. If I can't see it, I can't be it. If I can't see it, I can't be it. And way too many people cannot see. They've never been able to see the purpose. They've never really been able to see the treasure that God has placed in that they don't have insight as a matter of fact, I heard, I heard about a survey a few years ago where a group of, of Christians, people who were considered themselves believers, followers of Christ, church folk, if you will, church people, were actually surveyed and asked, do you know what your purpose is in the church? Do you know what your purpose is in the kingdom of God? In other words, have you, have you actually ever fished all of your purpose out? And 87%, 87% of followers of Christ said no. I do not know what my purpose is. They had no insight. And this is one of the reasons that, that at Broad River, we're all about growth track. Because growth track is, is, is a place where it kind of helps you start your journey to, to, to kind of fishing out your purpose, to, to discovering why you are here, how God made you. Because we think it's a tragedy, listen to me, if you can't see and pursue and dig for your purpose. There's a, there's a TV show that I've, I've watched in the past, a show called Gold Rush. Gold Rush. I don't know if you've ever seen the show, but it's a, it's a reality show about these guys who um, go to Alaska to mine for gold. And it's this, uh, it's been on for years now, and I've been watching it for years. And years ago, it was a little bit different because the show started with guys who had never really done it before or, or really hadn't done it in that way before. And, and they didn't know what they were doing, and it was terrible, and they pretty much lost everything. And we just sat and watched their pain and in some ways enjoyed it. Why do we enjoy watching people hurt? But anyway... <laughs> Anyway, it, it's a little bit different now, but, but what they do is, is they, they'll go up into the Alaskan Yukon or whatever, and, and before they bring in millions of dollars, literally millions of dollars worth of equipment and, and, and huge teams of people to actually start um, digging what they call overburden, which is the top part of the ground to get down to the gold, the bedrock where the gold is, before they start digging, before they start clearing land, they bring in, they bring in a drill and they drill test holes, test holes, and the te they'll, just, they'll just bring one person 
person with a drill and they'll go way down deep and, 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 they, and they pull it out different levels and to see first of all if the gold is shallow enough that they can even get to it or if there is even any gold there because if they don't if the gold is not there then there's no reason to dig for it and if you don't know that there's gold beneath the surface you're not going to have the courage or the bravery to actually to, to, to invest in in digging it out and what I'm hoping to do today what I'm hoping to do today is kind of do some purpose prospecting I want, I want you to see I want to drill some test holes if you will and let you see that God has placed purpose in you come on that God has placed treasure in you that he has put something in unimaginable in you more than you you've got more in you than you think you have in you God has a brighter future and more for you to do than you think he has for you to do you need to know that you need to know that here's where I'll go today if you take a note you can write this down God deposits but I develop God deposits, but I develop. God has absolutely deposited a gift in you. And anytime you see somebody who's functioning well in a gift, whatever it might be, a musician, uh, an, an athlete, anytime you see someone who's functioning well in a gift, you can know two things. Number one, that God gave them that gift. And number two, that they developed that gift. God gave it to them. But they dug it out and they developed that gift. It's like that, like that time that the sweet little family bought my boys a, a ping pong table and delivered it to my house. And it wasn't just like a cheesy, you know, $80 ping pong table, uh, you know, from Walmart. It was like a real deal. It was like this, this expensive, heavy, we couldn't even hardly get it upstairs. They, they bought it and they brought it. They delivered it. They deposited it in our house. But guess what? Me and my boys had to put it together. And I'm not good at putting things together either, but we finally got that thing put together. So, so they brought it, but we had had to put it together and it's the same way God deposits but we have to dig we have to develop there's always some assembly required when it comes to the gift that God has placed in you second Timothy chapter 1 uh, Paul told Timothy this is why I remind you to fan into flames fan into flames the gift of God fan it into flame which is in you through the laying on of my hands we God put it in you but you've got some work to do in order to get it out in order for his deposit to be destroyed Distributed, we have to develop it. We have to develop it. Matthew chapter 25, I want to show you kind of how, how Jesus sees you and what he's given you. Um, Jesus was, was talking to his, his disciples. This was before his departure. And he was trying to help his followers understand some clarity about, about their purpose. He was wanting them to know some things about who he was. Uh, because even though they knew it was amazing, they didn't really know who he was. He wanted them to understand who they were because they needed to understand the significant role that, that they had to play. And he was just trying to help them understand things about the kingdom of God. And I love, absolutely love this analogy. Matthew 25 and verse 14, we'll read it here. And Jesus had been, he'd been telling them stories, giving them parables to help them understand. Jesus taught with, with stories. Just like we teach with stories a lot of times. I know your pastor does. Jesus did the same thing. We're just trying to be more like Jesus. And it's an, an incredibly effective way to teach. And so Jesus, Jesus told them a story. And he was talking about the kingdom of heaven. He said, again, it. And when he said it, he means the kingdom of heaven. You can just read above and you'll see that for yourself. The kingdom of heaven will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. So in this, in, this, in, this, in this scripture, 
You need to understand who you are. You are the servants, and Jesus is the man, and his purpose, his purpose for the church, the growth of the church, his purpose for Broad River, his purpose, purpose for Norwalk is, is, is the bags of gold. He gave them bags of gold. To one person, he gave five bags of gold. To another, two bags. To another, one bag each according to his ability. Now, I love this analogy because, again, Jesus is wanting us to understand the significance of what he's given us. We are absolutely in the position of a servant, but we've been given status from our Savior because he has deposited his gifts inside of us, and you need to understand that. You need to know who you are. You need to recognize what God has put in you, how he has entrusted you to help build his kingdom and build his church. We are the hands and the feet of Jesus, aren't we? We are the mouthpiece of Jesus. This world won't know him unless they see him through us. So we are his mouthpiece. We, he has deposited his gifts in us, in us. You understand who you, when you understand who you are, it affects how you act. It affects how you live. It affects how you attack your day, attack your week, right? Years, years ago, well, back when I was born, so many years ago, um, when, I, when I was born, I was born into a family of, uh, I had five brothers and sisters, and I was the baby of five. So that explains a lot of my issues, but I was the baby of five kids, and, and I came along late in life for my mom and my dad. My dad was 40 years old when I was born, and, and we actually, I had a brother when I was born who was 18 years old. A brother, it just gives me the shivers because I have a, you know, I got a 17-year-old, right? I can't even wrap my brain around another kiddo coming along right now. But, 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 but I had a brother who was 18, a brother who was 16. This is when I was born. A brother who was nine, a sister who was six. And then, you know, I was an accident. I'm talking about an accident of accidents. My mama said she cried for two months when she found out she was pregnant with me. She did. But I always say there might be some accidental parents, but there are no accidental children. There may be some illegitimate parents, but there are no illegitimate children. Everybody's created with intent and on purpose, and God just has this way. And, and I went from being a burden, come on, to a blessing. I know it, I know it. I don't know if my mama really felt that way. Maybe it was a curse. I don't, I don't know, but, but, but I came along so late that it was like a big deal. Now, my, my dad was not famous. Nobody knew who he was. My dad's name was Troy, Troy Moore, and he, he, worked, he was a blue-collar worker working the glass plant uh, my entire life um, until he got sick and, and passed away when I was actually still pretty young. Um, but, but nobody knew who he was. I, I couldn't tell anybody, I'm, I'm, I'm Troy Moore's son. And they, they wouldn't be like, well, come sit at this chair then because you should sit at the head of the table. No, nobody knew. They'd be like, I don't know who that is. But in his family... So in his family, he was, he was known and loved. Huge family, actually from North Mississippi, which I found out is where Pastor Jacinta actually was born in the same part of the country where, where my dad's family's from. Um, but that, that really doesn't have any bearing on the story, but that's just, I found that out yesterday. But, but we would go to these family reunions. Any family reunion people in here? A few family reunions? Well, we don't really do family reunions anymore either. Um, but in the deep, dirty South, back in the day, we did the family reunions every year. And we'd go to the family reunions, and, and I was like famous because I was like this, this unique thing. This, I, I, they looked at this, that's Troy's baby boy. 
I mean, he was born when all they thought they were done. And Troy was 40 years old. So, and, and everybody loved my dad because he played guitar and sang. And so at the family reunions, there was always music. And so everybody, everybody knew and loved my dad at the family reunion. And I came in as Troy's baby boy, and I was instantly famous. I was not insta-famous. I was just instantly famous. And, and, and they, would, I would, they would come in, and they'd be like, do you know who that is? Come here. That's Troy's baby boy. And I'd just be standing there. This is Troy. And they would get down and look at me. You're Troy's baby? Yeah, I'm Troy's, I'm Troy's baby. And, and so I was famous. Do you want some more ice cream? I, I do. I'd love some more ice cream. you want some more chicken? I would love some more chicken. And, and I, was just, I was just famous. And so whenever I realized how they saw me, and I realized kind of who I was, I started acting a little bit differently, right? I mean, I realized I own this joint. So I would walk up in here. Troy's baby right here. I'm just going to get some more chicken. No, I'll get it myself. I was just... It, it's, I realized who I was, and so it affected how I acted. When you understand who you are, when you understand whose you are, what he's put in you, it'll affect how you act. You walk with boldness. You walk with faith. You walk with trust. You know that you have a God who's got your back. He's not going to let you. He's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you, and he has put his treasure inside of you. He has deposited it in you. I love this analogy. God passing out bags of gold. What if we were passing out bags of gold this morning at church? Come on, what if you, when you arrived today, uh, the volunteers here, they had bags of gold for everybody. I'm talking about the house will be full, pandemic, schmandemic. We going to church today. They passing out gold. Come on, kids, put your mask on. Let's go. We, they're passing out gold. Packed to the, I mean, we'd be packed. A lot of people all up in the valley, up there with the sound. People all over the place. And some of them would go from Baptist to Pentecostals like right now, right now. <laughs> Owe me some bags of gold. And we would be loving it until, until, right, until we realized that I got, they gave me one bag of gold, but they gave, they gave that dude two bags of gold. And I'm almost sure I saw them give that lady five bags of gold. I'm almost sure I mean, I'm going to have to look again, but I'm pretty sure they gave her five bags of gold. It's amazing how, how, how I love my bag of gold until I start looking at other people's. Come on, isn't that the truth, though? I love my house. I have a great house. I love my house in San Antonio, Texas. I love my backyard. Uh, I love my back porch, a hot tub. I love my living room. I love my couch. It has blankets all over it. Alicia puts so many blankets on there. We got more blankets on our couch than you have in your entire house. We get, I promise you. We got blankets everywhere. I love my bed. I love my pillows. I love my wood floors in my, in my house until, until I got invited to go to my friend's house. And then I walked into his house and I immediately saw his floors. And I just got like regular old wood floors. But his were like recovered wood from a sunken ship in the Caribbean. And the wormholes, they're not fake. Like, they're real wormholes in his wood. And they're like fossils in the wood. There's a prehistoric shark tooth over in the corner, it down in the wood. I, I, I like my master bathroom until I saw his. And I realized in his shower, like, you can walk in. That's, yes, well, I got to walk in shower. Yeah, but in his, you can walk in one side and walk out the other side. Like, you could just, you could run laps if you were inclined to. And uh, I realize I'm, you know, how, how bad I feel about, about, about my stuff. The reality is, if you're taking notes, where comparison begins, contentment ends. Boy, isn't that the truth? It's impossible for me to celebrate my gift while I'm comparing it to yours. 
The moment that I start comparing my bag of gold, what God has blessed me with, my gifts, my ability, my stuff across the board, the moment I start comparing it with what you have, I will, I will be miserable very, very, very quickly because I'm always going to find somebody who has more, somebody who has more followers on, 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 on Instagram, somebody you know, who's, who's a better preacher, somebody who's smarter, somebody who makes better grades. They scored higher you know, on that SAT or ACT, whichever y'all do up here. They scored higher than I did. Someone who has cooler clothes. There's always, always somebody that's going to have have more. This comparison is a very, very uh, a difficult way to live, an unhealthy way to live. But I think the real problem with this story, this parable that Jesus told, is not necessarily, not necessarily about comparison. As a matter of fact, Jesus didn't even focus on that. But what he, what he dealt with, the biggest risk is not necessarily looking at what my neighbor has, but rather not understanding what I have. So the biggest problem is not me looking at your gift, but not realizing that I have a bag of gold that God has put in me. And the moment I understand how amazing what I have is, I mean, I'm not even tempted to look at yours or compare it with yours. The moment that I begin to see what makes Jonathan more different, what makes Jonathan more different than, than Kevin Mullins, the moment that I begin to see that my fingerprint is the, is the portrait of my purpose, my purpose, that, that nobody can be Jonathan Moore like Jonathan Moore. You see what I'm saying? Nobody can be Alicia Moore like Alicia Moore can be. God called her specifically to do something very, very individual. She's individually wrapped. She's fearfully and wonderfully made, David said. When I realize that God has put gold in me, because we all have a gift, you have a gift. God has put gold in you. There are no disclaimers. Okay? No disclaimers here. Now, not, well, it was good until the divorce. No, no. You still have a gift in you. Yeah, but you don't know what I did spring break, you know, 2011. I don't want to know, but, but there are no disclaimers here. Yeah, but the business failed, bankruptcy. Oh, listen, there are no disclaimers here. In fact, the scripture said that God's gift is without repentance. And even when we've been unfaithful, God is faithful to us. He doesn't change his mind about what he created you to be. You need to know that. He doesn't change his mind about you. He doesn't. I'm so glad that God doesn't change his mind about me because I've given him so many opportunities to say, well, I thought, but that's not how it works. As long as I have a pulse, I still have a purpose. As long as I'm not dead, you know, he's not, he's not done. God is faithful. You're gifted. You're gifted. You're sitting beside somebody that you can talk to. Tell them, I'm gifted. Just tell them, I'm gifted. I'm gifted. Come on, tell them I'm gifted. It's okay for you to say that. That's not arrogance. That, that's confidence. I know how God made me. I know how God made me. And I'm not staring at your gold because I know that God has given me gold. Matter of fact, Ephesians chapter 4, Paul said to the church um, in Ephesus, he said, but to each one of us, every one of us, each one of us has grace been given as Christ apportioned it. Okay? That word grace is, is from the Greek word charis, and it simply means divine enablement. God has given you divine enablement. Like there are just some things that you just do. There are people that you just know that I don't know. God has given you something that you can do that I can't do. He's given me something to do that you can't do. He's given you people in your life. He's given you, if you're parents, he's given you kids to raise. Wow, and I promise you, he's given you the grace that you need. Sometimes you think, I don't think I have what it takes, but you do. 
God has given you divine enablement to raise those kids right, to train them up in the way that they should go so that when they are old, they won't depart from this amazing, amazing, amazing truth. And they are your first responsibility. When you're talking about uh, loving and reaching a world, your first responsibility, of course, moms and dads in your, is right there in your home. Nobody can be the dad that you can be. Nobody can be the mother that, that you can be. But your gift goes even beyond that. So I gotta get my eyes off of other people's callings or I'll miss the joys of my own. Jeremiah was, was an emotional prophet, an emotional prophet. Going back to the Old Testament book of prophecy, Jeremiah. And I love that in, in chapter 51, he's talking about he's talking about God and how amazing God is. And then, then he's, again, he's speaking for God and he starts talking about us, us. And I'll show you this, but I came across this passage a few weeks ago and it just, it just, I just thought it was the coolest thing. Um, let, me, let me read it to you. Jeremiah 51, verse 19. It says, For he is the maker of everything. He is the maker of everything. God made you. You are not an accident. God knit you together. I'll say it again, with intent and on purpose. He didn't drop a piece of clay one day and it said, you know, splatted on the ground. God didn't say, well, I don't know what to do with that. I guess I'll call that Sally. That's, that's not how you were made. That's not how you were made. He, he, he knit you together with intent and on purpose. He's the maker of everything and of the tribe of his inheritance. The Lord of armies is his name. And then watch this. He switches in verse 20 and he starts talking about what God says about us. He says, you are my war club. Oh, I love that. You are my weapon of war. I need you. I need you. With you, I will shatter nations. With you, I will destroy kingdoms. And come on, there's some kingdoms that need to fall in our world. And God needs you to step up to the plate and allow him, allow him to use you. You need to be his war club. But what I love, I love the King James. Sometimes, y'all, I grew up in the good old King James version. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of you don't know what I'm talking about. The these and the thous. But sometimes, and, and, and I grew up on that so much, Pastor Kevin, and you probably are too, that when I, when I quote memorized scripture, it's always in King James version. I remember the King James version of everything. But I wanted to go look at what, see what the King James version said. Look at this. The King James version, verse 20, same verse. Thou, you gotta say thou, not, not you. It's thou. Thou art my battle axe. I love that. You are my battle axe and weapons of war. Battle axe. God, that just seems a little bit, that just seems a little bit rough. I mean, it's, it's 2021, God. I mean, it just, that seems a little strong. A lot of language is a little strong. I'm almost offended that we're even reading the word, you know, battle axe. <laughs> Settle down, God. God. Interesting of all the things you know that God could have chosen, He chose battle axe. But I actually like it. I'm and again a deep, deep, dirty South kid, and I I kind of like it. I'm his battle axe. And a battle axe is specific. It's very, very, very specific. The a battle axe moves in one direction. Come on, stay with me. It moves in one direction. It's pointed. It's pointed. It's very specific. It's focused, if you will. Battle axe doesn't have a million jobs. It has one very specific job. And when it's sharp, hear me, when it's sharp, it accomplishes what it was created to do. It can change a path. 
It can change the front lines. It can shape a war. Yes, somebody needs to hear that today. God has created you with intent and purpose. And if you'll allow him to use you, you'll be, your mind will be blown at what he can do with you. Talk about a full house, multiple locations. Come on, Pastor Kevin. More people's finding Jesus in 2021 and 2022 than you ever dreamed. If you'll understand the battle axe that God created you to be. Listen, you can either believe that he created you accidentally or that he created you on pur purpose. You can either believe that you are specific, that you have a specific pur purpose, or not. You can either believe that you just became or that you were very intentionally made. And, and the thing about this is, when we get to the place where we don't believe that there's specificity to our calling, that God created me very specific, very, with, with, a, with a specific thing that only I can do, one of the things that we will do is we'll start to try to, to, try to wear other people's callings, wear other people's giftings. When, when, I, when I struggle with my bag of gold, I look at your bag of gold, and I like your bag of gold better. When I, when I struggle with what my responsibility is and what God has given me, I can start to look at other people's and, and I'll just start to try to pretend to do what they're, I'll, I'll, I'll mimic. When I was 26 years old, I went to work for an amazing pastor in Austin, Texas. Austin's about 70 miles north of where I pastor now, but a great man, Pastor Rex Johnson, who's still my pastor today. Um, but Pastor, pastor Johnson was this huge personality, like this gregarious you know, man of God who would just light up any room that he was in. Everybody thinks they're his best friend. You know, you never, you never forget meeting him. Somebody meets him and they see him 18 years later and they're like, Pastor Johnson! With me, I can meet somebody 18 times. And the next day I'm like, yeah, yeah, we, we, met, we met last night. Jonathan Moore. Yeah, you, don't worry about it. You won't remember me. I mean, it's just, that's just the way it is with me. I, instead of lighting up a room, I just try not to suck all of the air out of the room when I walk, in, walk into the room. But, but man, I had this major, major crisis of identity. I did whenever I went to work there. It wasn't his fault. It was just me working through some things, and it was the enemy working on me. The enemy whispering about my bag of gold, saying, you don't really have much to offer, do you, son? I don't know what you're going to do. When you look at what he's doing, in fact, I, I still have peers. Pastor Kevin and I had dinner last night with a great friend of ours who's just this big personality who lights up the room and everybody knows who he is. And if I were to look at him and, and gauge his gold against my gold, I, I could feel really, really bad about myself until God reminds me, it's okay. You got your thing. What, what I did in Austin, though, the mistake that I made, I'm 26 years old, though, and you make a lot of mistakes, you know, when you're younger. But what I did there was, was I, 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 tried to, I tried to wear his calling. I just tried to wear his gifting. I was like, okay, well, so that's how you're supposed to do it. All right, let's see if I can figure this out, and I'll try to make this work. And I tried, all right, I'm just going to be this big personality. So if that's how you do it, and I would walk into rooms, what's up, everybody? And people are looking at me like, shh, God. Just, you're, you're weird, man. Go sit, down in the, go sit down in the corner. Like, it was uncomfortable for everybody. But in my brain, this, I don't know what to do. This is all I know to do. And so, honestly, for probably about two years, I walked around trying to do ministry like this. And it was, it was awkward because I can't wear his calling. That's his bag of gold. 
I had to realize that I had my own. It's like David, when David went to, when David went to fight the giant on the battlefield. If you remember the story, David shows up to bring food to his brothers. David was not trying to be a military hero. He was bringing groceries to his brothers. But he realized there's a giant that's defying the armies of Israel. And all of his brothers and all the armies of Israel, they're hiding, afraid to go fight the giant. And David's like, I'll fight him. And he was just a teenage boy. And God had, listen to me, God had put a giant slayer in David. David was created to slay giants. And the slaying of that giant was what was going to catapult David into his ultimate purpose to be the next king. But, but David goes before the king Saul and says, I'll fight the giant. And Saul's like, well, okay, but you need to, if you're going to do that, you need to put on my armor. And so David puts Saul's armor on and he's walking or he can't even hardly walk. How am I going to, like, what I do is I throw rocks using a slingshot. I can't even get my arm up in this, in, in, in this armor that Saul, Saul's put on me. So David realized, I'm, not, I'm, not gonna be, I'm a giant slayer, but I'm, I'm not going to be able to do it this way. I'm not going to do it this way. And of course, you know the end of the story. He killed the giant and saved a nation. But what is it with us? Why would, why would, why would Moses want to be Noah, or Noah want to be Moses? They, they had different purposes. Moses brought a people out of, a, out, of, out of captivity. Noah, again, saved the world by building an ark carpenter, no one knew how to work with animals apparently very well. You, you imagine, I wonder why I'm so good with animals. You'll find out. You'll find out, Noah. <laughs> you ever wondered why you've just been graced to do something? You'll find out. Yeah. It might just be one moment. Yeah. You might one moment to shine, but you have gold in you. Yeah. Why, would, why would Peter want to be John or John want to be Peter? John, you got, you got a revelation that you have to write, and if you read John chapter 20, John chapter 21, you actually see John and Peter kind of envious of each other. When Jesus is like, boys, would y'all just chill out? Peter, you're going to preach the greatest sermon ever preached in Acts chapter 2. John, you're going to write some revelations that are going to, I'm talking about life changing. We, we have big jobs for both of you. But we get into problems when we're trying to wear somebody else's. I've done this with, I've done this with social media. Everybody knows the pressure of social media. Well, preachers feel it too. I've, I've seen social media where, where other preachers just had tons of followers. And I'm like, why have they got so many followers? Right. I was literally about six weeks ago, I was studying to preach on a Sunday morning, about to go preach to my church, to the people that God has called me to, to the people who were broken in San Antonio, Texas, that had marriages that had issues and had addictions that they were dealing with and pain and hurt. And I sat down in my chair in the dark and picked up my phone. I shouldn't have even picked up my phone and started scrolling. And I saw some preacher with all these followers and he's hanging out, taking these pictures with these big wigs. And I'm like, God, I suck so bad. Why do I suck so bad? Maybe I need to just try to be more like them. And so I said, well, maybe I just, I think it's because they post all kind of stories and Maybe I need to start making like grilled cheese sandwiches every day and, and putting it on Instagram story for people to see the in, you know, kind of the inside of my life. And, and I'm trying to be something I'm not. And, and it was pretty awkward, just about as awkward as this is right now. It, yeah, that's, that's all that's going to happen right there. This is my wife's jacket. She's tiny, y'all. She's a little bitty thing. But this is what it looks like. That's what it looks like. When God says, Jonathan... The people that I've called you to preach to today, they don't care one thing about that dude's Instagram followers. 
They don't care one thing about your pastor's big personality. They need you to follow Jesus, to hear from him, to preach truth. I put a giant slayer in you. And come on, it fits you. Well, it fits you if I, if I put it on right. It fits you perfectly. I've given you a calling that fits you perfectly. Calling is just right. It's just right for you. Just right for you. So we're, we're, where are we going with this today? Here, here's, here's where I'll end. The reality of this, of this story that Jesus told about the bags of gold, it was not really about what was given, specifically to each individual, but about what was done with what was given. As a matter of fact, Matthew 25 and verse 23 says, Jesus says, the master came back and said, well done. And again, he's, he's speaking of himself. The master came back and said, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with the few things that I've given you. You've been faithful with it. I will put you in charge of many things, many things. Now come and share in your master's happiness. So the last thing I'll show you, if you take a note, you can write this down. What we do with what we have proves our potential to handle more. And some of you, you've, had some, you've got some big dreams. You do. You've got some goals. You've got some things that God has given you that you're, you're thinking about and wondering how, when that's going to take place. When, when am I going to step into you know, that, 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 the fulfillment of that thing that God has shown me? And I want to declare to you that the fulfillment of your dreams are just on the other side of the stewardship of the gifts that God has placed in you. Like the moment that you say, God, this is mine. This is my calling. This is what you've called me to do. And I'm going to embrace this. I'm going to step into this. I'm going to develop it. I'm going to work it. I'm going to work it with all that I have. Then you'll just start to see things fall into place. Fall into place. Fall into place. And that's when you get to celebrate. The scripture says you get to celebrate in, in, with, with the master's stuff. You get to have everything that God has called you to do. God has called you to do. Close your eyes all over the building. Let me, let me pray. Let me pray for you. Where is it that you need to lean in today? Where is it that you need to, to dig a little bit, need develop a little bit? Where is it? What's God given you that you haven't been stewarding well? Is it your talent? Do you need to serve? Do you need to give? Do you need to join a small group? Do you need to lead a small group? What is it that God is speaking to you today? Because every one of us, he's deposited. He's deposited. And we've got to be faithful. We've got to be good stewards. We've got to dig and we have to develop. We have to use the treasure that he's placed inside of us. What is it for you today? Lord Jesus, I pray that you would speak to us. I know that you are. I know that you are. I pray that you would speak to every individual, young and old. There are people in here who feel like they are too young. Well, the scripture said, despise not thy youth. And I think David would say, you're not too young. There are people in here who feel like they are too old. I think Abraham would say, you're not too old to birth something miraculous. <laughs> you're not too old. God's not finished. He's not finished with you. God has purpose. He's deposited treasure in you. And he wants to use you. God, give us the courage and the audacity, the bravery to step into everything that you have placed before us. To dig and to develop in Jesus' name. To find our place. To find 
find our purpose. As I continue to pray, if you're, if you're watching online or if you're in the room and you're not in a relationship with Jesus, this is your moment. This is your moment. You know who you are. You know who you are. If you're watching online, you know who you are. But I want to see in this room. I want to see who I'm praying for. Maybe you've never surrendered your life to Jesus. Maybe you've just never fully surrendered. Or maybe there was a moment in your life when you were walking with Jesus, but craziness, chaos ensued, and you've just kind of moved away from a relationship with Jesus, and you need to take a step of faith, and you need to, you need to recommit, re-up, rededicate your life to Him. If that's you, then this moment is for you. And it doesn't matter how you feel about yourself, God sees you as His treasure. And let me tell you something, He accepts you just like you are. No matter how broken you feel, He accepts you just like you are. But He loves you too much to leave you that way. He wants to bring healing and hope, salvation to your heart, to your life. He wants to pick up broken pieces and put them together, make them into something beautiful. That's what He does. Turning brokenness into beauty is just something that He is a master at. So... In this moment, I'm going to say a simple prayer, but I want to see who I'm praying for. So I'd ask for nobody to be looking around, all heads bowed, all eyes closed. If you'd say, Jonathan, include me in this prayer of surrender. I need a fresh start today. I need to, I need to surrender everything to Jesus. Will you just throw your hand in the air right now? Come on, nobody's looking around. Thank you, guys. Hold them high. Yes, 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 yes. Perfect, guys. Beautiful. All right, you can put your hands down now. I'm going to pray a simple prayer of surrender. I invite everybody to pray this along with me in your own words. Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you. On this amazing day, I'm starting over. I'm following you. I'm asking you to forgive me for my sins, Lord. Make my life clean like only you can. I repent today. I'm making you the Savior of my life. I believe in you, Jesus. I believe you gave your life for me and that you rose from the grave. And I'm starting over today. I'm following you. It's in Jesus' name. Come on, and everybody said amen. Big hand for those who took that step of faith, guys. Come on. Yeah.